So everything I kind of talk about has been mainly about perspective, um, shifts in reality, kind of how we show up for ourselves in the world. And I think this week I really wanted to talk about this idea of masculine versus feminine energy. And in a lot of the things that I say, if you ever want to listen back or if you have already listened, I talk a lot about how duality's not kind of where I want to stand. Um, we live in this dualistic dichotomy culture and in the context of this conversation, I'm going to be using masculine energy and feminine energy. However, I do not think that they are on um, opposite sides of a spectrum. I don't think they're on the same spectrum. How I view masculine and feminine energy, I mean, I'll get into it, but I just want to clarify to begin with that it's there are two different things and they're not opposing forces. These are not um, opposites. They are not something that should be either or. It should not be that if you're masculine, you lose your feminine. I think um, in order to kind of move with grace in your life and through obstacles and through manifestation, if you believe that, if you believe in just God, if you believe in, I don't know, just living as a human being, you have to have both masculine and feminine energy. So this conversation is going to be discussing um, kind of on a collective scale where that energy is right now and then also kind of how to tap into that in yourself. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the intro. So welcome. Um, this week might get a little heavy. It might be a little triggering, but you know, that's okay. That's what we're here to do. We're here to ask questions. So buckle up, buckaroo. Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. So my goal is never to get into politics. Um, I don't think it's a necessary use of my time to discuss because I don't know everything about that and it's not my expertise. Also, I just don't. I think it's like a dick size race, honestly. I don't know if that even makes sense. Dick size race. I think people just are comparing dick size because they want to be better than others. And it's just comparing because if you say you're part of a political party, then you're better than the other party and vice versa. There's actually no um, growth happening. So until that changes, this is my stance on it, but whatever. Um, but my goal is actually to ask questions of like the collective level of just cultural... Yeah, cultural concepts that might be affecting you in your day to day. And this particular concept kind of overlaps a lot with politics right now. So I'm just going to go into it very briefly. I'm sure you've read headlines. I'm sure you kind of are aware of it. Um, but Texas instated this anti-abortion law where it bans most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. The issue with this is that most people don't know that they're pregnant until after six weeks. And this even takes it a step further. And while the person who got the abortion cannot necessarily be sued, um, the doctors, the staff, even the Uber driver that brought you to the clinic can be sued. And plaintiffs don't actually need to any connection to the person, the patient, um, and to be able to sue. So there's, an, there's no exception for rape or incest victims. They can, the people who are suing like against the abortion clinics and everything, they can win up to $10,000. Um, so I'm not gonna get into all of that. 
that's not my purpose here, but the law itself is a clear act of power and control over women. So my focus on that is actually like why this is an issue. <laughs> um, firstly, when you when you want to ban abortions or just like anything of controlling someone else, the government assumes that abortion is one, an easy decision, and two, something that women actively want to do. I hear a lot of people that are against abortion say that like women are like going out of their way to do it, that they want to get these abortions. And the fact of the matter is like no one wants to make this decision. It's not like we're going out there being like, oh yeah, I can't wait to have an abortion. Like that's never something. It's a horrible decision to make regardless of your views on it. And to the government has to think in this way that it's an easy decision in order to ban it. And that it's like something that is a criminal act, which I just, my brain can't comprehend. The overwhelming majority of abortions occur because the patient doesn't have the money to support a baby. And this is from what they write um, when the intake form of when they are getting the abortion. There's a few states that opt out of that. So there's some states that don't have statistics on this, but. For the vast majority, it's mainly a monetary issue. And I'm sure people write different things on there that are not actually true. So, but for the context of this conversation, we're just going to assume that what they're saying is accurate. And most abortions are actually done in impoverished communities, which means that an overwhelming population must make huge decisions like this, which it is a huge decision, regardless if they want a baby or if they view a baby unborn baby as alive or not, the decision is based on financial status. But the government believes that this is the woman's fault. Instead of looking at why women feel they don't have the funds to take care of a baby in the first place. So if someone has to choose between having a baby or having a meal, that's the government's fault, not a woman's fault. The government is trying to stop the issue at the finish line instead of looking at like the cause of the race in the first place. I mean, it would be, in an ideal world, it would be so much easier to mandate reversible visectomies instead of forcing women to pay for their birth control, which is a medical luxury, and then also causes more harm than good, and then forcing them to continue a pregnancy when that birth control that they're forced to buy fails them. And stopping possible pregnancy at the source, which is male, <laughs> can make it so most women don't even have to make the decision in the first place. And all of these laws, like they're holding the women accountable, but not the men at all. And even further, this can be traced to the government's horrible sex education across this country. I mean, it's not mandated. They don't require anything. There's also the failure to improve the economies of marginalized communities. So, I mean, the woman who went to a private school she went, she's white, she got private education, she's married to this guy in the suburbs. She's not gonna be the one suffering at the hands of this abortion law. But it seems that those people are the most vocal, where black women are three times more likely to need an abortion than white women. And that was just a study from 2016. So I'm sure it's a lot higher now. And if you don't think that's directly correlated to the rise in gap in wealth, then you really need to look at what the government is doing. And the government officials, they will still have access to abortions. 
they will still have access to those things that they are trying to rid the communities of. <laughs> if they really needed an abortion, they would get it, regardless of the law. And the other issue that violates the government's promise to serve the people is that this is overwhelmingly a law based in religion, which is something that the government is meant to be separated from. I mean, why else would this law be instated? It goes against what science says, it goes against the consensus of the general population, it goes against a lot of things that are supposed to be serving the people. And all this kind of resonates what I am wanted to get into today, which is the default male thought. And male norm, male thought, whatever you want to call it, it basically just means that what works for men is what works universally. That's kind of how we've designed society and culture and businesses and everything really down to the core. Um, we assume that men's thought, men's ideas, men's way is the default for all. Um, a really good example of this is if we take the nine to five life, for example. Um, nine to five was created in the industrial revolution when mostly only men were working. And it was designed because we were working in factories and everything and they wanted men to be able to be at the machine for as long as possible without burning out. So the nine to five hours is based on this male circadian rhythms where they have this peak in the morning around like 10 a.m. Um, they get tired around two to three and then that energy picks back up to finish the day. And then they start all over. Male circadian rhythms make it super easy for men to do the same thing every single day. So creating habits is very easy for male circadian rhythms and men. And that's why diets work easier. That's why men see consistent results on diets. That's why they can have a really good work-life balance, why workouts tend to work better. Um, and we just adopted this as the norm. And women have those circadian rhythms too, but they have even more circadian rhythms. So women's circadian rhythms are based on a 28-day cycle. So each week brings different energy needs for women. Um, like when you're in your first week of that cycle, you have a lot more energy. You can do cardio basings. You can do fasting maybe. You have a lot more, you can plan things out, a lot more research-based, analytical. Um, and then the next week it's more, I don't know, I don't have the information in front of me, but it's more um, probably weight intensive and more like carbs and sweet potatoes, I would say. I don't know everything. I really don't know all of it. Um, there's a whole book on it. If you are interested in learning about your circadian rhythms and stuff, it's called In the Flow. I don't know the person's name. Alyssa Vitti, maybe? Um, but that's a really good um, resource if you need it. But my point <laughs> is that women have very different needs than men um, because of those circadian rhythms. The same exercise, your body is not going to respond each week. That's why a lot of diets for women fail. And then they end up feeling horrible about themselves because they see their husband or their partner or whoever seeing lasting results, why theirs fluctuate so much. And it's because of those circadian rhythms, like diets and workplace culture, it was all created for men. And then they just kind of were like, oh, women are just a smaller man. So it'll work for them, just smaller quantities. But exercises need to change every week. Diets need to change every week. And the energy we're putting into work needs to change every week. 
Yet we completely ignore this because the male thought is the default. And this is just one example. I mean, it literally echoes throughout every part of society, which is why it's so absurd for men to think that they could be the ones on birth control instead of women. It's so absurd for men to view the responsibility as theirs of creating a child instead of women. They don't think about it and that's the default now. So now the government echoes that and says, well, we can control pregnancy in women because that's the default thought because that's the male norm. So it applies to everyone, even though that they have absolutely no say in what happens to a woman. That's kind of where that thought pattern is of like, they should have that responsibility and should have that control because we've created this culture based on male thought as the normal. And to combat this, I mean, to fight against this control in a predominantly male government and worldwide, I would say, we would need to like deconstruct this very thought process of these systems. And we would need to shift out of this masculine energy thought process and start listening to female voices, start listening to other gendered voices. And that includes abortion, which is so crazy to say out loud that we would need to be heard about abortion because it directly affects us. Um, but that's the state we're living in right now. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's so prevalent. And when we go to extremes, like things about abortion, that's when I start noticing it a lot more. And it even echoes in your day to day life. Like it very much is on a collective level, but you can see it just in your own being. I mean, how many, we are very much in this attention economy right now. And that attention economy is very much masculine energy. So first, let me go back to male norm thought. So there's a book called Invisible Woman. And in it, the author mentions the Henry Higgins effect, which is the leading man from My Fair Lady. This is where it was termed. But he complains, why can't a woman be more like a man? And so the Henry Higgins effect is when, even when we try to fix gender disparities and all of that, we still end up using men as the default. And this is, I mean, the book goes in every single chapter. There's basically a new way in the world <laughs> in which this is happening um, from public transportation to the workplace, to um, clothing, to literally everything <laughs> they talk about. And it's very, um, it hurts your soul as you read it, but I do recommend it if you're interested in learning about the specifics and the science behind it. One of the most um, prevalent things I guess you could notice is there's this generic masculine in a lot of different languages. Like a lot of languages, they're general words. Like um, if you said doctor, it is in this generic masculine inflection um, in the language. So it's just assumed that it's masculine, even though that it's a gender neutral term, it's still said in a masculine, um, generic masculine way. And a lot of these languages don't have a gender neutral way of saying things. So we would have to kind of break down the entire language. Um, Spanish is a good one. They have a lot of like 
different um, feminine energy versus masculine energy um, in a lot of words that are supposed to be gender neutral, which the author isn't saying that like the language itself is wrong for doing that, but it's literally in every single part of our beingness. And what I wanted to do with this is not just look at, well, male thoughts default and we have to change everything. I wanted to look at masculine energy. And another really great book um, that discusses this more on a philosophical level is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And in it, the author talks a lot about classical understanding and romantic understanding. So there's always two different views in life. There's someone that views life in a more classical understanding, and he kind of breaks that down into viewing like science, math, um, very logical systems, and then romantic understanding, which is more arts, um, language, creating a more surface level appeal, more aesthetic appeal to things versus the classical, which is more systematic. As I was reading it, and because I was also reading Invisible Woman at the time, I started realizing that what they were talking about was masculine and feminine energies in their own way. And I kind of learned masculine and feminine in a very spiritual way, kind of very yin and yang way. As I was comparing all of it, I started realizing how much this world is based on that masculine energy. And the Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, I'm pretty sure was written in the 80s. I might be wrong, but it was a fair bit of time ago. And when he was writing it, he was saying that we were moving into so many issues with technology and moving into the economy based on this like classical understanding and this need to logic our way through everything and that the whole world was based on this. Then reading the more scientific view of it and with data and all of these like entry points of showing how intensely masculine energy kind of envelops the society, it really made me see that in order to break that down. And I think we're at that point right now of we're breaking down these systems to move into a more feminine state. What is masculine energy? I guess I should start there. My friend Annie mentioned this to me when we were on a call. Um, she said that masculine energy is moving through life with a closed fist. So you're kind of punching through life. And then feminine energy is receiving with an open palm. That's one way to view it. Um, another way is I've kind of always learned it as masculine energy is very much point A to point B. It's very action oriented, very linear progression. And then feminine energy is kind of like a spider web, a cyclical nature where there is an outer and inner working of everything and kind of like looking into a crystal ball kind of energy that you just kind of see everything at once and understand correlations. And looking at those energies, you can see that like feminine energy is really good at leadership and telling the masculine energy of what to do. And they're the ones that carry it out and do that. And you can see that in tribes and the women tell the men what they need to do and then they go out and do it. Um, when I'm talking about energy, I'm not talking about gender. I'm specifically talking about masculine energy, which can be, you will have both. And the goal is to kind of balance both of them. 
right? And like what I said in the beginning, they are not opposing forces, even though we believe they are. And what the author of Zen and the Motorcycle Maintenance, Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, was mentioning was that it's not, we're trying to disconnect um, logic from romantic. Like, we're trying to separate science and art all the time. We're trying to separate everything and give everything meaning and definitions and constantly subcategorizing everything. And that's what's happening in government. And that's why we get situations like this where the government believes that they're doing something good, <laughs> which is very much not good, um, because they think they're right, because they don't have the capacity to understand or they don't have the awareness of that feminine energy that's needed. They are very much in the masculine energy of point A to point B. So they want to stop abortions. So point B is to make it illegal. And if they had the feminine energy, they would see all the other effects of that. And that's why the government is kind of toppling right now because and this isn't just the U.S. government, this is all governments of, and just all power dynamics. They are struggling because of that masculine energy instead of stepping into the feminine. There's a really good story. Um, it's a Hindu story between Shiva and Pavati. And I'm going to link it below, but there's, it, there's like a TED talk of the story, but, um, and how Pavati turned into the goddess of food and Basically what it was is Shiva is pretty much the divine masculine and Pavati is the, um, I hope I'm saying that right. I might not be saying that right, no, but she is the um, divine feminine. And at one point there was a rift between the two. And so Pavati kind of disappeared to prove the importance of divine feminine and the world went into chaos and darkness and Shiva was so, um, heartbroken and his hunger and kind of just he felt so alone and unnourished and um, she saw this and came down to earth as the goddess of food and um, nourished everyone back to health and then Shiva acknowledged the importance of having the two energies and two forces. I'm probably butchering the story so please just go watch <laughs> the animated um, version on yeah I'll link that below but the point of the story is to show that both energies are needed in order to survive and to live fully and right now we're kind of in that state of focusing only on Shiva focusing only on the divine masculine energy that we've tried to discredit and push out that divine feminine and I mean at one point during the Renaissance, like artists were revered and being constantly showered with money and abundance and were able to continue their work without fear of surviving. And now we've switched even art into a masculine energy where if we're not constantly producing, we're not constantly creating and having that point A to point B lifestyle of just this constant production, constant attention, then we are going to fall behind and we're not going to be noticed and we're not going to receive that income and that attention and abundance. And anytime that you feel like you have to 
act and you have to produce and you have to do all of these things in order to receive something, that is masculine energy, not in its purest form. So feminine energy then is just receiving and knowing your worth and knowing that you can just be and you will still receive everything you are meant to receive. You are still nourishing the world around you. You are nourishing yourself and you're receiving that abundance. It's very sacral energy and you have to open up your sacral in order to receive all of those things. And if you don't wanna look at it on a spiritual level, then on a very <laughs> like factual level, then read Invisible Woman because that is showing you that the male default is very prevalent even in nasa like for a long time nasa refused to acknowledge anything that was not driven by data and so i can't remember the name of it but there was this rocket that was launched and it was a it was a disaster um people ended up dying and when they were doing the um kind of investigation afterward of trying to figure out how this happened there was a person maybe two people that tried to say that they had this intuitive feeling they had this like knowledge that they couldn't put into data of why they needed to stop the launch but since they would have gotten laughed out of the the office they couldn't say anything and that's kind of how that happened. And it's not just one time that that happened, that happened frequently in NASA. And I read this in another book. Yeah, <laughs> it's another book. I'm Hold on, I'm gonna go look. I swear this is turning into a book club. Uh, the book is called Range by David Epstein. And that one talks about how like generic fields and generic studies triumph over niche. Um, in terms of education and specialization and things, the more general we get and the more breadth we have in our experiences and our knowledge base, the more success we actually find. Um, and that's where I read about the NASA thing. Yeah, <laughs> because what was happening was all these scientists get really, really specialized and then they kind of tune out all of the other possibilities. So people like, um, Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs and Elon Musk, they outperform everyone because they have such a breadth of skills and they kind of pull from all of these experiences and all of these knowledge bases and have the foundation, the building blocks from a lot of different um, specializations that they can pull from and they kind of create these like bigger picture things that most specialty scientists can't do. Um, which to me is the masculine of the specialty versus the feminine, which is kind of this outer view of everything and kind of interconnection of things. I think the things that I'm interested in and finding all these connections and things like that, that's very feminine energy for me. However, when I try to um, create art or create yeah, whenever I try to create or capitalize on things, then I know I'm trying to step into that masculine energy, which isn't a bad thing. But when we're looking at the collective and what is happening right now and all of these things going on, it's very important to see it because we could easily say, like, what the fuck? Like, why is it all happening? Why do people feel the need to be like this and do all of these things? And 
when we actually have this idea of like, no, this is trying to kind of control masculine energy and shut out feminine energy, then it kind of, at least for me, it makes a lot more sense. And I know that in my day to day, no, I might not be able to change the whole world, but I can change myself and step into feminine energy so that maybe it activates people around me to step into their feminine and then it echoes out. Because I think the energy you bring to the table, it just kind of magnetizes to everyone and it's literally a ripple effect into the whole cosmos <laughs> of everything and your vibration affects other people's vibration and because energy it can't be destroyed, right? So anything you put out is gonna touch everyone else and it's going to change the fabric of the frequency of the world. And that's my tangent on masculine energy. So what do we do about it, right? I think one of the telltale, what is, what is that phrase? Tall tale, telltale. One of the signs <laughs> in which you can see if you're in the masculine energy or like a toxic masculine energy is if you keep asking for clarity. Why do you feel like you need clarity in your life? Why, like, why do you think you don't have clarity? What about your situation in your life do you think you have no control over? And if you are kind like constantly pining for control, constantly looking for this clarity, this like answer that is gonna tell you what the fuck you have to do, then that is masculine energy and you do not need that right now. <laughs> because if you are trying to find clarity, step into your feminine energy. And to do that, start expressing yourself with no focus on the outcome, just express. Just step into something creative without needing to capitalize on it, without needing to show physical reward, without doing a ritual to receive something. Because you do not have to do a damn thing to receive. And that is what feminine energy is about. Just allow the, like, disclarity. Is that even a word? I don't know. Just allow chaos. And I don't mean chaos in as blow your entire life up. I just mean you don't have to have an answer right in front of you of like what you have to do because there is no right answer. And if you are in the feminine energy, you can really see that having this chaos or having this like non-clarity moment of just all possibilities all in front of you, you realize how omni omnipotent you really are. Um, you're all powerful. You don't need masculine energy in that moment. You need to step into divine feminine and really be with yourself. Just be yourself. Do you want to go on a walk right now? Do you want to paint right now with your fingers? You really want to use soil, plant something, make a garden. I don't know. <laughs> Dance around. Like whatever you're feeling in that moment, express your emotions. Really like dive into your emotions because that is the clarity that you're seeking is actually just an expression you want to divinely express the emotions you're feeling because the masculine energy the logic brain the i need to put everything into a system i need to 
focus on the scientific method, we're told that we have to have an outcome of everything. We have to distinguish from things. We have to constantly put things into boxes instead of just being. And so in order to put things in those boxes and to take those steps and be action, 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 we have to disconnect from emotions because we assume that emotions are the feminine energy. So what is that emotion you're trying to disconnect from so hard that you are trying to seek clarity instead of just feeling? Because when you step into the feeling and step into the expression of that emotion, then you don't hold on to clarity as much. You don't feel like you have nowhere to go. You don't feel like you're searching for someone to tell you what to do. You can just be yourself and it's such a beautiful thing. And I don't know what the answer is on a collective level, how to fix that. I just know if everyone starts tapping into that feminine energy every once in a while, I think things are gonna shift like they already are. You don't need a nine to five job to be stable. And I know that's a real privilege for me to sit here and say, and it feels like people can't do those things. And it feels like it's so hard to, like I'm a privileged person in the fact that I can sit here and think about those things. Because a lot of people, the people that these abortion laws and all of these fucking things are affecting, they're in such states of survival that they don't, they're not capable of having these thoughts and having the chance to work this out for themselves because they're still stuck in that state of survival. And the only way out of that is if the rest of us that do have that privilege start showing up in that feminine way so we can start shifting the collective so that we can start bringing the rest of the people that are stuck in survival into this kind of privileged state of thought. And it's so much easier to say on a microphone than it is to act out every day, but I just take a minute to just journal something out. I talk about journaling all the fucking time and it's like, it's the most important thing of my life. I, it's the one thing that has changed my entire life. And that to me is very feminine energy of just sitting with yourself and just automatic writing. You don't even have to have like a plan of what you're writing. And I've noticed so many people are so afraid to do that because they think that if there's not a journal prompt or if they don't know what they're going to write, then it's not worth their time. They feel like they're wasting time. And that is masculine energy. And just shut that guy up. Like, just stop it. <laughs> Hit yourself on the head. I don't know. Slap yourself and just start writing. Literally, just start writing. Have no desirable outcome. Have no journal prompt. Just write whatever you feel for just 10 minutes every day. And that's one. There's one step for you to step into that feminine energy. So we can start kind of putting this masculine world behind us because staying in this masculine energy, yeah, it worked during the Industrial Revolution. It worked during other times, but it does not work anymore. And we really all need to have to step into that feminine energy in order to survive and to grow. Um, so yeah, that's my two cents on the matter. And Hopefully, I think Jamie will be on the podcast next week to talk about this more and kind of 
she has better steps of feminine energy than I probably provide, so it'll be nice to hear from her. Um, but that's where we're going to stop that today because <laughs> that's a heavy topic and I will link all the books that I've talked about. I feel like I should have like a list of books everywhere. I don't know where to put it right now, but I'll figure it out. Um, but for now, it's going to be in the show notes of just all the books that I recommend and kind of what they're talking about. And if you want to follow me, you can do so on Instagram and on the platform Medium if you're on there. Um, the links are also below and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.